traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, horsemen, horse people, horse people from everywhere. This is Scott Miller with the International Equine Network, getting ready to bore you to death for the next hour, and hope you stay with us. Uh, if you want to call call in, uh, we got a number of 323-744-4831. You can call in and you can criticize me, you can praise me, you can do whatever you want just as long as you call in. It's 323-744-4831. Well, here in South Florida this week, it was very, very interesting in the equestrian community. Uh, and south of us here in the Broward County, uh, uh, West Palm Beach County line, we had 25 inches of rain in one day. And it literally flooded everything. Um, the Fort Lauderdale International Airport had to close because of water. Uh, Gulfstream Racetrack canceled racing on the 13th and today. Uh, because of the rain that, that, that we've had here. Uh, we had 18 inches of rain here at the farm. And, I mean, it was just a steady downpour all day long and all night long. And, you know, it, it was just unbelievable how, you know, how that hit, hit us. And, you know, it goes to show you, like we've been talking all along, about weather conditions and horses, you know, training and, you know, things of that nature and, and how to incorporate the adjustments you have to make for uh, the racing and the training, you know, that you're doing. Um, they they called us from Gulfstream and they said that they were canceling racing April 13th and 14th because of heavy rainfall and severe weather, April 12th in South Florida. It resulted in a tornado warning, flooded streets, and the closing of Fort Lauderdale International Airport and schools throughout the area. Billy Badgett, executive director of the Florida Racing Operations for uh, first racing, which operates Gulfstream Park, said 18 inches of rain fell at the track in a two-and-a-half-hour period of time on Wednesday. Far more uh, rain is forecasted uh, by the Weather Service. He said at 9 a.m. Thursday morning that he was not aware of any injuries to people or horses on the site. We're getting through it, he said. They have pumps running right now. On the uh, backside, obviously, the lower barn area is flooded, and we're just moving some horses around to higher ground. Uh, it will be another three or four, five hours before the water uh, subsides. Gulfstream was not open for training Thursday, um, though Badgett said the dirt, uh, instead of synthetic uh, tapia um, surfaces, um, would, would be possibly... Uh, open for uh, training. Um, it's just, and then this goes to show you, you know, like we were saying, when you have horses here, uh, uh, you know, no matter where you're at, like New Orleans, Hot Springs, New York, California, uh, you know, that type of thing, you got to be able to adjust your training schedules that you're on for, um, uh, you know, your horses. And, you know, hopefully they, you know, one a day or two of training is not going to really hurt missing that. But anything past that would, uh, you know, be difficult uh, to do, especially getting ready to come up to the Kentucky Derby and, you know, and, and the Triple Crown races. You know, every day of training is important. And I'll give you a good example. Like uh, Tom Fletcher still has his big uh, 
his big guns here, the, the, the Derby horses are still here at Palm Beach Downs. And he said the other day that he was playing, uh, uh, planning to get out of here uh, in the next week or two. And here it is, uh, the 14th, and the Derby's coming up in three weeks. And he'd like to get the horses up to Kentucky. But he said the big factor for him was the weather. Um, down here, we, we've had pretty good weather. As a matter of fact, our Palm Beach uh, Downs facility, um, it, it really didn't do anything uh, to it. Uh, here at Sun, Sunshine Meadows, um, our show arenas were all flooded. But our main track and our 5-H track for the uh, standard breads, uh, it remained open. And actually, uh, the, the standard bread people told us it's probably the best the track's ever been because that track needs a lot of water to it. And so, you know, we kind of dodged the bullet there a little bit. And then uh, in Miami at the uh, Global Champions Tour on the beach, uh, they, they've uh, weathered the storm, you might say. And so they're doing pretty good there. Uh, so, you know, it's always something in the horse business. Um, uh, thank God, you know, nobody was hurt. Uh, it was just rain and water, and that all will subside, um, you know, to um, let everybody get back to normal. But speaking of, you know, getting back to normal and, and what we're doing there, uh, you know, with uh, our, our horses and, you know, the whole nine yards, we're going to talk about morning training and workouts uh, and explain. Uh, workouts, breezes, and blowouts. And this is very important to people that are getting ready for the derby. Uh, it, it's a, uh, something that you plan on and you hope to do, uh, hope to get done. Um, and I, I tell you, I just can't emphasize this enough. It, it, horses are creatures of habit, and you have to do the same thing day in and day out with them. And, and like, say, for example, uh, training. They're, they're equine athletes. Um, they, they get into a regular training routine, an exercise routine, and you just got to stay on top of it. Now, there are occasions when you can miss a day or two, you know, of training, and it really doesn't, uh, you know, hurt anything after, you know, three days. It's kind of tough, you know, to keep them at that same level that they're at when they stop training. And, and that's, um, uh, well, I tell you what, it's tough when you do that. It, it makes you readjust everything that you do. Uh, to, you know, if you're pointing for the Derby or, or you know, the Global Champions Tour uh, show or, you know, the, the uh, uh, Hamiltonian, uh, you, you got to stay consistent and, and you got to keep it going. You don't need to take any steps backwards. And, and that's what happened a lot this year in, um, in the uh, route to the day, Kentucky Derby. Um, how they get there. Uh, I, I tell you, there was so much rain in New Orleans and hot springs, and the weather was cold up and down all over the place. You know, it, it was tough. It was tough for some of these trainers, and they've done a remarkable job on keeping their horses tight and fit and ready for, you know, getting ready for the derby on, on the way they kept doing them. Uh, Brad Cox said that uh, he liked it in New Orleans all winter long, and, you know, it, it proved out he did very well. His horses are doing good, but now we're talking about a whole different ball game, you know, by heading up to uh, Kentucky to uh, Churchill Downs. Uh, I, I've been in Kentucky at, at times that, uh, you know, the 1st of April, boy, there were flowers everywhere, and the temperatures were in the 60s and 70s in the afternoon, and 
a lot of sunshine, and they drop down into the 50s and 60s at night. And just, you know, beautiful training for the horses. And then I've been there when, uh, in fact, in, oh, gee, was this was like in 2003, I think. Um, went into Kentucky from here, and we were there about 10 days before the Derby. And uh, I went to bed uh, that night. We were racing at Kingland the next day. And I went to bed, and I woke up, and I looked out, and I saw nothing but uh, two inches of snow on the ground. You know, with all the flowers and the apple blossoms and all the blooms and everything, you know, covered covered in snow. And but you know, you can't you can't really plan for that. Uh, you can just uh, plan to adjust to it, and, and that's that's what you have to do. And that's why Todd's waiting before he goes up there. Wants to uh, wait for that weather to get real consistent. You don't need a, a dramatic change in uh, your daily lifestyle and in your daily trailing record. You know, just because of the weather, and so uh, the longer you stay here, the more consistent the weather is. And then, if you get up there, if it's only just a few, you know, three, four, five days, uh, you know, you're pretty good to go. Uh, you know, with it. So those are the things that you, that you have to do. And, and the training end of it, you've got to stay consistent and moving forward. You, you got to stay on the plan, and no matter where you're at, no matter what happens. You got to stay on the plan because this is a crucial time in the Derby. The last three weeks, uh, going into the Derby, that you've got to maintain that that uh, that fitness and that, that consistency where you're at, especially uh, you know when you when you're winning. Uh, you know you got to keep keep the uh, uh, engine tuned, and keep it going, and so that, that's what uh, you know we were saying all along in the past uh, year or so on this how they get there is the consistency. Where do you run? What races do you run? And we're going to go over some races here and uh, explain to you exactly, you know, what happened in them. Uh, some of these races were big races, but they come up what they call light. Um, there were a bunch of good horses in it, but highly unlikely that, um, you know, all of them or any of them would go to the Kentucky Derby. And that's the thing that you have to look at now when you're uh, when you're going into uh, to the Derby. Um, where did I go? How did I finish? And now where do we go from here to, you know, keep pointing forward to get your horse peaked at the right time for the Kentucky Derby? And it, it's a tough it's a tough job for the trainers. Well, I tell you, I just don't see how, how they do it. And I'll give you a classic example. Um, Belmont Park, where a lot of horses are used to training, uh, that was closed most of the winter because they were rebuilding the, the track, they were rebuilding the infield. Uh, there was a lot of things that they were doing until April 11th, they reopened again. And so they'll have horses back there training and, and staying consistent. And, and, you know, it's a good track to train on. Uh, you know, I, I like it a lot better than I do Aqueduct. And, you know, why, I don't know. I, I think uh, they call uh, Belmont the Big Sandy, and I think that's really good for the horses. And, you know, you, you can do a lot with it. There's a big, long stretch. Uh, you know, there's just a lot that you can do with your horses over at Belmont. And, and a lot of horses that come out of Belmont ended up running really good at Saratoga and Kentucky, and and uh, uh, some of them go down to uh, Maryland and run and, and do very, very well. But, um, you know, it, it's... Uh, it's a trainer's uh, nightmare now because we have the uh, 
synthetic tracks. We have the grass. We have the dirt tracks. Uh, you know, it's all it's all a whole big game, uh, and, and we're still trying to figure out that how how these uh, tapita tracks or the synthetic tracks are are to work on because um, you know you're training on the dirt constantly, and then when you go to an artificial track or something other than dirt or turf, uh, it makes it makes a hard thing. There's really not a lot of statistics um, on these tracks. Uh, how horses do, but and that's only because all, most all of this stuff is new. Most all of it's new that, that they're coming in off of. And it used to be where that um, you could um, take a horse from the dirt and go to the turf and do pretty good, or you could bomb out. Uh, now we've got the, the synthetic and the tapita tracks that you go to, and I've seen some horses. It makes no difference, you know, and how they run on those two artificial surfaces. They they move from the dirt. And they go over and they do well, or they come from the turf and go over to them and they do well, or they just don't run at all on it. So, you know, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, they're trying to learn how to do. How do you turn, how do you train a horse for the synthetic or the tapita tracks? Uh, you know, that, that's, that's the big thing. Uh, when you're training for the turf, you know what you have to do and how you, ha- how, how you need to do it, you know, but the two artificial tracks are the ones that are really killing us now. You know, and it makes a big difference. And and when, especially like when you're going to the derby, um, you know, do I race on the artificial tracks any at all? Do I stay on the dirt? Uh, do I go to the turf? There's just so many things that, you know, that come in and involved into it, you know, along with the uh, weather conditions as we're talking about. So, you know, that, that's just something to think about in there. And if you've got any ideas, uh, email us or, Call us and let us know what your opinion is on the artificial tracks and, and the derby and, and turf racing, that type of thing. Um, I'm really excited uh, about uh, some new things that are coming up here in, in our business. Um, and when I say our business, I mean all, all the horses. Uh, we have the world, uh, we have the global champions tour in Miami this weekend, uh, 25 to 50 of the top riders in the world will be there. Uh, and there's the 12, uh, 12 country series that you go to and uh, they take the best, uh, the best. And then in November, uh, I believe it's Ch- uh, uh, Prague, Czechoslovakia, uh, this year that they have the, the world tournament championship. And it's really good because you see the very best of the best, uh, competing once a month in, in this uh, global champions tour. And I'm proud to say that uh, we have a, a girl sitting in uh, second place today down at Miami. Uh, Americans are one-two right now, and it's really uh, unusual, you know, to see uh, all these in- international champions come in. And then what I like about it is, and like I always say here at uh, Sunshine Meadows, I tell the girls that are out riding, I tell them. I said, do you realize that the path that you walk to to that ring and back to that barn, and I said, we call that the, uh, the path of uh, past, present, and future champions. And so Haley has proven us uh, today down at Miami at the Global Champions Tour that uh, she's one of the best, and she's sitting at second spot, and hopefully she can win this thing this weekend. Uh, you know, we're going to wish her all the luck in the world. That's the Global Champions Tour in Miami. Uh, this weekend and, and then we got our harness horses that are all going back up north uh, 
got some real nice horses going. So, um, you know, it's just really good time to be, um, you know, in South Florida and the horses. And, and it's kind of sad to see them go, but, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. And then, like I was saying, all these different things that we're doing here in the business, um, we're going to be live, live streaming uh, the middle uh, the Middleburg Spring races in, in Virginia. Um, they're going to be uh, live streaming those, and they've got a good television contract with them. Um, the two-hour live stream is scheduled to begin at 1 p.m. when the field heads to the uh, post for the first of eight races worth $250,000. It will be hosted by ABR's Dan uh, uh, I don't have his last name here, Megan Conley and Brianna Mott. Um, We'll be there to uh, let you know what all is going on. And sorry, Dan, didn't have your name there in our press release, but we'll find it out. Uh, they're going to broadcast uh, uh, several of these meets like this. Uh, these, these are mostly gra- grass meets, hunter jump. Uh, I mean, jumper meets. Uh, you know that time type thing going over the over the fences. And the industry now has realized that. Uh, it's an amazing, amazing uh, industry to be a part of. And the thing that's lacking, and it always has been, it always will be for a while, is the distribution of the equine information and, and the video, uh, and print, and radio. And that's what uh, we're here at IEN uh, trying to do, is to try to bring all these different uh breeds and countries together so that we can put, provide programming for them to, you know, watch and, 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 you know, get involved with. And on the 28th of this month, it's going to be our first uh, live television programming. Um, we worked out a couple of things uh, here on my end and providing BBS uh, uh, can direct me in the right direction, which I know they will. Uh, we're going to have live programming. So, uh not only will I bore you uh, with my uh, audio aspects and talents, uh, I will bore you with my uh, antics and uh, my physical features um, on the television. And that ought to be interesting in itself, you know, uh, just to see that, uh, you, know, we're, you know, what we're doing here. And, you know, I've always said that uh, information, and no matter what sport you're in, no matter what you do, uh, whether you're in business or what have you, it's about distribution of your information. Uh, you know, if you're selling, if you're selling, uh, baseball bats, uh, it's about distribution and information on your product. And it used to be where, uh, television and radio were really expensive to advertise and, you know, uh, very, very, uh, difficult for a business to be successful having to pay so much you know, money to uh, uh, get your product out there. But it was worth it because it, it did increase, you know, sales and increase what you were doing. But nowadays with the Internet and with the, uh, uh, the system the way it is now, it's really easy to do what you need to do. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of finding the right people and, and the right things and, and, and like BBS radio and TV. Um, they're they're very economically uh, sound uh, for somebody trying to do distribution. Uh, they got the outlet, they got the access to any and everything, 
And, and those are the kind of things that we're trying to put together here in IEN. You know, like, for example, uh, we have a, a company on our business of the week, and they'll always be the business of the week. I'm, I'm probably going to have to change that because FarmVet, they literally carry any and everything that you need in the equine industry. And, and the way things are nowadays, the way they can drop ship and overnight things to you and everything, you know, that, that's what I, I try telling everybody to do when you're building your business. you got to get the right people around you, and you get the right people around you for what? To get your products out to the people. Now, for example, FarmVet, they have any and everything that you can need in the equine industry. And they're basically a phone call or a click away on the Internet to order whatever you need, and they drop ship it right directly to you, whether you're at the racetrack, the showgrounds, on the farm, or going international. They can get it to you. And, and that's what, what our business is about, and that's what we're trying to tell everybody about here at IEM. If you send me your information, what you're doing, who you are, where you're at, I will get it on our website. We will get it up up to um, uh, hundreds of people every day that look at my website. You, you'll have that there, and then we hope to expand that and grow that through our International uh, Equine Network Report and our different things that we have on our website to, that will actually be in our TV and radio programming. Uh, for example, again, Hallway Feeds is another one. They feed horses all over the world. They have a great program. Uh, they got a lot of um, uh, tutorials that you can uh, click onto there and see how to feed your horse, what's wrong with it. You can call them, email them, and they'll tell you, you know, what what they think should be done with your horse and work with you. And that's what we like about, uh, you know, these companies that we're dealing with. Um, you know, to give you the inside information to help you get to where you're going with your equine programming. And, and like I said, you call me or email me, and I'll put you up on the website. It's free. You know, that that is free, and, and it's whatever you want to put on there. Uh, you know, we'll have it there. Uh, like our Farm of the Week, uh, we're taking a virtual tour this week, um, courtesy of TDN uh, uh, reporting. Uh, it's a virtual tour of Spencer Farm in Lexington, Kentucky. And that, 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 again, is one of the oldest and most established thoroughbred farms in the world. But you get out and you can get and take a virtual tour of it. And, and it's just like you being able to go uh, to, uh, you know, to that to the farm, to Spencer Farm. And if you're in Lexington, you can go over and take a tour of the farm, physically take a tour of the farm. But we provide a virtual tour, and hopefully that will entice you to uh, go to Lexington for a vacation and, and go to Spencer and take that virtual tour of the farm. Uh, you know, that, that's one of the things that, that uh, we like to do here. Um, another thing, like, uh, for example, with Churchill Downs, uh, we've got a, a nice little thing. It's called Around the uh, Downs, with, uh, and they talk to the trainers and the jockeys and everything, and you get behind the story and see, you know, how they became uh, the trainer or the owner or the breeder or the jockey or the groom, hot walker, gate guard. Uh, it tells you what all they do, you know, and, and that's, that's information. That's information that you normally wouldn't be able to get, but here you can get it for free. You can see what they're doing, and then hopefully that will um, get you to uh, take interest into going to Churchill and, 
and seeing what they have and taking the backside tour and going to the races or maybe even going to the Derby and the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, you know, that's what we like. It's got all the information there that you need. Uh, it'll, they'll tell you about housing. They'll tell you about food, hotels. Uh, they'll tell you about vehicles that you can rent. It tells you the whole nine yards. You know, and it's kind of like a, a, a trip ticket from AAA. We give you everything. Um, like today, we've got live racing from Keeneland. Um, it's the week, it's three weeks before the Derby. You see a lot of good horses that'll be running at Churchill, and, and how are, how they get their program. We've got the uh, the most important uh, horses uh, races leading up to the Derby and horses, and they're on how they get there. A 2023 Kentucky Derby. We've got the full race of the Louisiana Derby. We've got the full race for the uh, Florida Derby. Uh, we've got the full race for the Kingland's uh, uh, Bluegrass Stakes. Uh, we've got uh, the Wood Memorial from Aqueduct. Uh, we've got all, all the big races leading up to the Derby. And we got the Santa Anita Derby from uh, Santa Anita, and our Arkansas Derby from uh, uh, Hot Springs, and a Tampa Bay Derby from Tampa Bay. So now you can go through and you can literally watch all those races, and then it can help, it'll help you understand and it'll help you be able to watch the Derby because you've seen those horses racing. Um, before all this internet and the television started getting as good as it did. Uh, you had to uh, literally uh, get a racing form or a newspaper, you know, and read the results, which was which is all good. Um, it, it's been a tradition for a long time, but now we're stepping forward into the electronic age, and we got every any and everything there. And so now you can put your eye to you know the actual race, the actual video of the race, and you can see how they did and. And you know, kind of make your uh, you know uh, choices from there, and that helps. And we do that all year long with all the horse racing that's part of the uh, Kentucky Derby, uh, um, you know, point system. And it helps you out a lot to see what's going on. Uh, and these races are live, and then we also archive them so that you can watch them again. Uh, you know, with what you're doing, uh, you know, leading to the Derby. So you know, having said that, we even have a International, we have uh, racing from uh, Europe and, and Dubai and, and Japan. And, and that's um, a big thing when it comes time to the Derby, you know, when you're looking for it. So the the whole point of what we're trying to get across week in and week out, and I know if there's anybody listening, you get tired of hearing it, but it's about planning. It's about how you run your day from the time you get up to the time you go to bed. It's how you run your business. You want to make it very easy to do. And like, for example, if you're working on the farm and um, you've got a lot a lot to do every day, which we all do, and you want to start trying to keep up with the Derby, you come to IEMTV.org and you can do that. And you can do that 24-7 on your own time. You don't have to say, oh, well, gee whiz, this is coming on at 2 o'clock. Yeah, i got to get over there to get it. And Something delays you and you can't get there to get it. At least it's archived and it's there for when you want to read it, for when you've got the time to do it. And that's the whole horse business. You've got to be organized. You've got to have everything where it's easy to get to and get on a regular routine like training the horse in the morning or in the afternoon. you got to get simplified. The simpler it is, the better off it is. And believe you me, I'm telling you, my system is so simple, it's scary. 
<laughs> at all, you know. So, but that, that's, uh, you know, what we're trying to say here. It's got a lot of good things going on here. There's a lot of avenues out there that you can get involved with the thoroughbred business. Um, I tell you what, um, myracehorse.com is a good company to get with. Uh, the twinspires.com uh, is good to get with. Um, you know, there's a lot of good things that you can get, get involved with that will keep you educated about it. Uh, for example, uh, on our website, uh, Monmouth Park's getting ready to open up uh, May 13th. Um, if you look at their schedule of events, uh, opening day is May 13th. May 14th is Mother's Day. That's a real great day there to take mom out to the to the track and good food, good entertainment, uh, you name it, they have it. And then, this is one of the things that uh, they started a few years back, and I'm telling you, it's really good. There's a lot of uh, uh, food trucks all over this country. Uh, up in Jersey, uh, there's quite a few of them. And on May 27th and 29th, they have the Jersey Shore Food Truck Festival. And that's where they have food trucks coming from Pennsylvania, Maryland, New York, uh, New Jersey, uh, from everywhere. And you get a sampling of all kinds of uh, uh, food, uh, be it Italian, American, Spanish, uh, uh, you know, French. Uh, they have these food trucks. And I tell you what, it's it's a great uh, two days to go through. That's May 27th and 29th at uh, Monmouth Park uh, uh, Racetrack in New Jersey there. They got... Um, uh, they got a long sleeve. This is what a lot of people uh, go to get for. And I tell you, I've, I've done this myself. And it's a long sleeve uh, T-shirt giveaway on June the 10th. And they're baseball T-shirts with a long sleeve. And you, you, get a, you get a shirt when you go in for the price of admission. And some tracks across the country, it's a dollar or two dollars to get in. And I tell you what, I've seen some people go to the track and they go they go through that turnstile four or five times you know to get these uh, uh jersey shore uh, uh long sleeve baseball t-shirt giveaway uh, or and they do it at, they do it at Gulfstream and they do it at Tampa Santa Anita Laurel Park they always have giveaways and the price of the giveaway is usually if it's not free then it's just the price of admission and price of admission is usually a dollar or two so that's that, that's really good uh, that's uh, June the 10th, they do that. Um, June the 11th, they have, uh, uh, this, this is really, I mean, they packed the place there in, in Monmouth Park. On June 11th, they have the 51st New Jersey Irish Festival. And man, let me tell you, the food, the people, that's one heck, that's one heck of a day. It lasts all the way into the 12th. That's how good it is. Uh, then they come on, on June 18th, they got Father's Day. Um, June 24th, they got the Wine and Pizza Festival. Uh, I mean, it's, they got the car show is good there. That's July 9th. And it, it's a car show on Odie's Day, uh, which is really good. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot to do at each one of these tracks, and they usually have festivals all week long or, you know, all month long or, or the whole time that they're open during the meet. You know, they have something that, that's going on there at the track. Uh, you know, so that, that's really good. Um, we've got uh, a World Cup polo playing live now on our program called Chucker. Uh, you just go down and scroll down to domestic and international equine events, 
and uh, we've got World Cup uh, soccer live today. Uh, we have um, the Global Champions Tour that's uh, that's on today. We got the Tattersall uh, horse uh, uh, breeze up sales uh, out of Europe today. Uh, you just go and click on the Tattersalls, and it'll take you right to it, um, which is good. And uh, then we've got uh, the information, uh, which is really good, is uh, the 30th of this uh, month, um, the, la- uh, the last days at Keeneland uh, Racing, they have a sale. And last year, uh, a gentleman had bought a horse um, for, I think it was around $15,000 on that last day of the sale and our racing at Keeneland. And he bought it live, and then he... Uh, like I said, it was fairly inexpensive. And then the next thing you know, um, three weeks later, uh, he's got the horse uh, that he just bought in, in the uh, uh, Keenan Sale Racing Agent. Three weeks later, he went to Churchill Downs with it, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a real expensive race, but he he, he ran, went and raced and he made his money by it. And he bought it right out of the sale, ready to go, ready to race, anywhere in the country that they got racing, you can take them. If they fit the conditions, then, you know, you can race them. But this guy sits there and he spends, you know, fifteen twenty thousand dollars $20,000 on a horse. Three weeks later, he makes his money back, went in a race at Churchill Downs. You know, I'm not saying that everybody could do that, but the opportunity's there. And you didn't have to pay a lot of money to get him ready to go to the races, uh, like over a six-month period to get him ready. You know, you, you got him ready to go. And, and this sale has really become popular. And I believe the catalog this morning said they've got about 48 horses all together um, in, in the sale. So meaning you could go to Keeneland there in Lexington and uh, buy a horse, and, and you could literally be racing anywhere with it, you know, uh, the very next week. And that's these are the kind of things that we have to put, you know, uh, up on, on here. Uh, like I said, the Global Champions Tour, um, you know, we got a direct link there to, so you can watch it live. And what I like about this is it gives you something to look forward to, um, the Global Champions Tour, because it's one one show a month, and it comes from 12 different uh, countries over the year. So, you know, it, it gives you a little something to look forward to. And I, I know that me, myself, uh, I found out that when I'm the happiest is when I've got something to look forward to. And one of the things I like is doing this show every week. Uh, you know, I'm not the greatest at it. I'm not knocking down a lot of ratings, but it's something that I like to do, something that I enjoy, and keeps me involved in all the horse business and just not part of it. You know, it's we cover a little bit of everything here, and it's all my opinion on, you know, what we do and how we should do it. And, and, and I like that. It's kind of like uh, some guys like play, playing golf every week, you know, or going bowling or, you know, fishing or whatever. Uh, this is kind of all those things wrapped up into one for me, you know, and, and I like it. Um, I'm working with some of the best horses in the world. Uh, we've got three horses going to the Kentucky Derby this year from the Delray Beach, uh, Palm Beach Downs uh, show farm. We've got 17 horses from there that will be running Derby Week, you know. So when we go into the Kentucky Derby, we're, we're a major factor in that. And I look forward to seeing these horses come in in September and then see where they are at in, you know, November and then and then again in May. I, I like doing that, and, and that's what I like about doing this show. Um, you know, I'm not just talking about horses. I'm talking about horses that I'm involved with, 
you know, like we've got two people there at the um, uh, the uh, Longines Global Champions Tour in Miami, and uh, they're sitting at uh, uh, the one girl Haley. She's sitting at second place right now. Could win the thing this weekend. And we had Arlie on the show last week, or a couple of weeks back. And Arlie, uh, she rides down there. She's doing very well, you know. So it's it's really good. Uh, we've got some. Uh, we've got a horse here that uh, uh, was in our standard bred uh, uh, facility there, uh, Sunshine Meadows. And when he left here last year, this time, he was just a horse that was on his way up. Uh, when he finished the season last year. Um, he ended up with a million five hundred thousand dollars in purse money, and that's unheard of in, in the standard bread business. And, and the thing I like about it is uh, uh, Brett McGrath, the owner and trainer of the horse. He's got his brother. Uh, he's got um, uh, Sun Beach's brother right down here, and, and he's on the path to doing the same thing next year. You know, like like his brother's done. And, and so, you know, we're dealing with good, good horses here. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's exciting for me. Uh, you know, this is the golf for me, uh, out of the week. Uh, now we're, oh, and then we're looking forward to, uh, um, the Breeders' Cup. Uh, it's going to be at Santa Anita this year. It's the 40th running of the Breeders' Cup, November 3rd and 4th, uh, 2023 at Santa Anita. And that's where all the best horses in the world come, uh, to, to race in, you know, uh, for millions of dollars that weekend. And that's really, uh, really good, you know, to uh, look forward to that. And, and we got the Preakness and, and the Belmont coming up on how they get there. Uh, the Preakness from Baltimore and the Belmont from uh, New York. Uh, a lot of good things there. Belmont Park's going to be uh, um, a whole new park. Uh, they redid the surfaces on on the track. They uh, redid the turf course. They uh, made a big infield so people could go to the infield like they do at the Derby and the Preakness. Um, so they'll be able to do that at the, uh, the Belmont Park this year. And they got a great sports facility there. And But now, and like I said, it's about distribution of information. You know, people are going to come to to do what you, want to, uh, what you want them to do in your end of the equine business, no matter whether you're a tax shop or or your horse transportation or racetrack or show horse facility or, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you are in, in the business, it's all about distribution of the information. And I tell you what, I'm telling you, I, I, I had a long talk with a gentleman, uh, years ago in Ireland. Uh, we'd taken some uh, horses over to Ireland and he was about marketing and things that they do in Ireland. And he told me, he said, you know, he said, I, I don't understand uh, this. He said, you you go to NBC or ABC or ESPN and you ask them about, you know, uh, uh, filming or doing a, a program like, say, for the Derby or, you know, whatever equine event you have. And they come back and they said, oh, okay, Mr. Miller, um, this is what we're going to do. For us to broadcast you and your program, your hour-long program, it's going to cost you a million three hundred thousand dollars, and it's going to have, um, you know, sixteen thirty-second spots in it. We will retain two of those thirty-second spots, and the rest of them you can sell on your own. And, and so it never was, you know, financially 
town uh, investment to do to get your program out there. And so he got to thinking. He said, you know what? He said, it doesn't matter. He said, whether you've got 10 listeners and 10 viewers or a million viewers, that doesn't guarantee you that they're going to come back and watch your show. You could have a million viewers, potentially a million viewers to watch your program, but it doesn't mean they're going to watch it. That's not a guarantee. That's the only thing in marketing. You know, everybody comes up, oh, well, you know, I go to uh, all 50 states. I do this. I do that. But how many actually are going to come and view your program? And so that's what we're trying to say. In the horse business, it'd be nice to have the NBCs and the ESPNs and Sky Sports, you know, to do distribution of your programming. But again, they can't guarantee it. And, and that's like me. I might have 10 viewers, if that. And, and I can't guarantee all 10 of them are going to come and at, call you for your, your product. Maybe one of them might call you, or maybe all 10 of them could call you, but I can't, there are no guarantees. And that's no different than NBC or, or any of the big networks or the CBSs or, or you know, the ESPNs. They can't guarantee you that you're going to, uh, um, you know, get so many people. But what they do guarantee you is they've given you the opportunity to, you know, uh, get to these people. And, and that, that's what it's all about. And that's what we're trying to do here is give people the opportunity and some inside information on what we're doing in the horse business. And that's all breeds, not just one, but that's all breeds. And, and hopefully some of you folks will, um, you know, eventually go out there and, and uh, you know, get involved with it, you know, and especially like uh, uh, the program right now that, that um, uh, we've, I spent the last two years uh, working on and thinking about these projects and, and uh, seeing what I could do. And when it all was said and done, is I like the website. And the, and the reason I like it is because it's got a little bit of everything and it gets you right to the people that know. You know, and, and that's what I like about this and, and like how they get there, the 2023 Kentucky Derby. You know, we go through and we're, we're, we're talking to owners and you're going to meet the trainers. And on the 28th, um, you're going to see a, a really good show on the 28th. Um, it's, it's video and, and radio on there. We're going to uh, have Jerry Bailey on. He's going to tell us what it's like to be uh, a jockey in the Kentucky Derby in his career. Uh, we've got uh, trainer Todd Pletcher is going to have three, maybe four horses in the Kentucky Derby this year. And he's going to tell you exactly how he feels and how they got there under his program and what he won and, and the, the, you know, the way he got, got him to the Derby. We're going to have that on there. Um, we're going to have um, on that first show. Uh, it, it's really, it's mind boggling to, to me. And when I had the idea is I went to Keeneland and uh, Anna Seitz is my announcer and she uh, went to Keeneland and we went on the backside and we started interviewing uh, trainers, the, the uh, let's go stables. And uh, we wanted to find out exactly, you know, what they did and how they got involved in the business. And I sat down with them at Aqueduct race course and we started talking and, and one thing led to another. Said, "Sure, they got a horse named Reddy's Echo that was going. Um, he uh, 
just finished his three-year-old season, and they laid him off, and they're bringing him back. And they're bringing him back at Keeneland. And so what we did is uh, uh, we followed them around, talked to them. We watched the horse race. Uh, we did a lot of interviews with the jockeys and, and, you know, did a lot of things. But basically what the show on the 28th is going to be about is how you basically start the programming. You're going to see all uh, a lot of raw footage, uh, a lot of bloopers. You're going to see a lot of things and uh, how they do it. And it's going to give you the, the insight of what it takes to put together a program uh, about the camera people, the tracks that you go to, the interviews you do, uh, the different angles, uh, you know, uh, uh, how, how you have to edit it down to, you know, where it all goes smooth, you know, and just like, you know, the way I, the way I describe it, it looks like I know what I'm doing when you get the final product done. But when you see all the things that it takes to get to it, oh, man, is that a joke? <laughs> you know, you, you see all the bloopers and, and you see what it takes, you know, to to get there and how it is to put it together. The different takes that you have, the different angles that you have. Uh, there's just so many things there that, that it's going to be interesting to see in there. And then um, on there, uh, one of the things that I really like, uh, and I've been uh, – I watch that time and time and time again. Um, with the different states that are, are, are around, uh, there, again, it goes back to what, what we say here in IN. It's about distribution of your product. And in Florida here, the ag department is always uh, studying and, and taking it into uh, consideration, you know, what makes our state go here, what makes it, you know, really grow. And so I became real good friends uh, in uh, Tallahassee with the agriculture director. And what we did with that is we, we went down and talked, like I'm talking now with you guys, about what we could do to help people understand about the Florida horse industry. And so we, the show that you're going to see next week, it's about uh, 14 minutes long, and it's called The Florida Horse. And it talks about what all the Florida horse uh, does in the state of Florida, the impact of the Florida horse for the state of Florida, the communities, the counties, the cities. Um, it, it's, re it's really a good part. And we, we've got some good interviews on there. And, and you can see all the breeds of horses uh, that we have there. Um, you can see a little bit of everything. That, that's going to be a good one. But that's what the first show is going to be about. It's going to be about uh, horses and the economic impact and, and the social impact that uh, the horse industry has on, you know, the American economy and, and the culture. Uh, when you go to Europe, for example, just about any and everybody you talk to is directly involved with uh, the, the horse or the agricultural industry because that's a part of their culture. Uh, they haven't really got to the point to where, um, you know, that uh, corporations have taken over their countries like they have here. You know, every time they uh, do something, they got, uh, you know, they got something they can do it for you. But over the, in a lot of countries, you have to do it yourself. And in the horse business, um, you know, there's no machines to train your horse. There's no machines to shoe your horses or feed your horses. Uh, you know, it's all hands-on. And that's what we're showing here. I think you're going to like that show. Now, we're going to uh, 
start now and really get it serious here um, on the Kentucky Derby, how they get there, the 2023 Kentucky Derby. Uh, last weekend uh, was interesting. Uh, we had, um, on April the 8th, we had the Santa Anita Derby, and all these horses were uh, trying to get points uh, to get into the Kentucky Derby. you got to have points to get into the Derby. And it would be, uh, you know, right now the break was like at 44, you know, to get in. And each one of these races uh, offered different amount, different numbers of uh, uh, points to get in. And, and one of them was a $750,000 Santa Anita Derby for three-year-olds. Uh, they're going a mile and an eighth uh, on the turf, on the dirt, and um, uh, it was it was a relatively small field. Uh, they had um, nine horses in the field, uh, really good field. Uh, uh, they had Practical Move from Tim Yakton and National Treasure, which were good were Bob Baffert horses, and they, they were really uh, really good. Uh, and then the interesting thing is we had Mandarin Hero that came in for Japan. And uh, we wanted to find out how good this horse is and, you know, what he can do and where he can go and how, you know, how he would uh, adapt to it. And so they fly him in a week before, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Santa Anita Derby. And I tell you what, this horse was a heck of a horse. He was a heck of a horse. And uh, Tim Yachton, uh, he had practical move, won the race, uh, which is a good horse. He's a really good horse want to consider for the Derby. And then Mandarin Hero uh, ran second. And, I mean, he was running at him big time. And so now we get those two that will be headed off towards the Derby. And it's going to be interesting to see how they do this next, uh, you know, three weeks, uh, how their training schedule goes and, and you know, difference with that. But uh, the, the Japanese horse, they look like they're uh, spot on this year. Uh, they've been training on the uh, – on the dirt in uh, in Japan, uh, they've been training from the starting gate, to, and they have a lot of large fields in Japan, and so the large fields not going to be a, a fear factor, as they say. Uh, and it's if you some of them worry about the large field, and uh, I think he's going to do good. And then we came in and we had uh, the Wood Memorial uh, at Aqueduct, and I tell you what, that was a, a field that was loaded. Um, Todd Fletcher had Dreamlike uh, in there. Um, he also had Kruppi in there, and he had uh, a classic catch that was in there. And, and I mean, they're they're good horses. Uh, they're they're really good horses. And I tell you, they really jumped up and, and, and said, "Hey, where did this horse come from?" And if they'd have been listening to us on IEN, they would have known about this horse because we talked about him several times on there here. Um, it was uh, uh, Joseph Saffy Jr. Uh, he had uh, a horse in there called Lord Miles. And I tell you what, this horse came out of there ready to roll. He, he meant business when he came out of there. And uh, he, he, took a, he took the lead on him. Uh, he jumped out on all the horses, all the good horses that were in there. Uh, <laughs> you know, he said, I'm here to run. The horse paid $120.50 to win. It was a long shot. And so now he's punched his ticket to the group. So, uh, you know, I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, my goodness. Here are all the best laid plans that are out, out the window now for most of those horses in that race. You you might see a couple out of there, but I doubt it. Uh, that, that horse, he just jumped up on him, and, and it was gone. And, 
You know, he was a good race and good horses, and it really, you know, tested him. But we'll, we'll see what it took out of him, uh, you know, because now you're just, you know, a few weeks off the Derby, and, and that really, uh, you know, that really shocked a lot of people. And so I said, uh-oh, I said, now what's going to happen? So then we we uh, take off and we go uh, uh, to, um, you know, Keeneland for the bluegrass stakes. And, you know, I said, holy smokes. I said, what what are we going to do here? So we had a good field. Uh, Todd Pletcher had Taffet Trice in there. Uh, D. Wayne Lucas had Major Blue. Uh, and then Mark Cassie had Classic Car Wash. Very fine by uh, uh, by uh, Mr. Cox. Uh, William Walton had Clear of the Air. Uh, I tell you, it was it was a, well, a well-rounded field. Uh, a lot of speed, a lot of closing uh, speed, a lot of uh, um, off the pace speed. It was good, but again, uh, it came it came down, and it was Todd Pletcher. Uh, Todd Pletcher with Tappet Trice. Uh, he comes out and he wins it by a neck, and it was a good solid field. Um, he, he came from way back in the back down the middle of the stretch, and he caught the horses right at the wire. And he was moving, and that that was a good that was a good sign. Um, when you when you got a horse that can close down a stretch, especially at Kingland, Kingland's got a real short stretch, and and it's really difficult to uh, to close on and, and beat somebody down the stretch at, at, at Kingland, in which Tappet Trice did. So that tells me that he needs a route of ground a mile and a quarter would be good for him, and you know depending on how he comes out of the race, uh, you know is a big is a big deal. And we found out that he did come out of the race good, and he, he's got a good shot at, at going on and winning the Derby. And so that, we were excited about that. And and then um, all the points that it, that all the horses had to get leading up to uh, the Derby to get into the Derby comes down to the last lonely uh, points race where they award points. And uh, it's actually tomorrow. It's the Lexington Stakes in Lexington. And uh, it says, my goodness, it said, who's going to win the Lexington Stakes? It's a mile and a 16th, and it's a, a good race. It's on the dirt uh, for three-year-olds. So they got a field of, uh, let's see how many, they got a field of 11 at it. And they, these are, not, not many of these horses are going to be able to, uh, uh, you know, get into the derby in here. Because they just don't have enough points, and even if the winner gets it, uh, gets the points, uh, you know we don't know uh, if he'll get in or not. Uh, Steve Ashmeason has a horse called Disarm in there. Ortiz will be riding on horse, and um, he's a good horse. Uh, maybe he can get in and get enough points. But that looks like the only horse in this uh, in this field that would be able to qualify for the Derby. Uh, back in the day, Arabian Lion. Uh, was uh, thought thought of a big time Derby contender from California, but you know it didn't shake out good for him. Uh, so we'll we'll find out tomorrow, and you can see that on uh, IENTV uh, IENTV uh, dot com <laughs> IENTV dot com. You'll be able to get all the information on that uh, there, um, and then our website IENTV dot org. But you'll be able to see, uh, you know, that that race there in itself in its entirety. 
And so that, we're kind of looking forward to that, see what's going to happen, uh, you know, with it. Um, it's going to be a good weekend. We've got a lot of good horses that are pointing for the Derby. And, and then uh, if you start watching our programming, uh, we're going to have a, a Dawn at the Downs in the morning, and we're going to have on our website, we're going to have um, uh, the morning works live from Churchill Downs in there. And so right now what we're looking at is uh, for the Derby, uh, for the top 20 horses that we're looking at, uh, Forte, trained by Todd Pletcher, has got 190 points. Uh, he would be ridden by uh, Irad Ortiz. Uh, the last race he ran in was the Florida Derby. Uh, he won that at Gulf Stream. The next likely race would be the Kentucky Derby. We have um, a Practical Move. He's uh, got 160 points. Kim Yachton trains him. Ramon Vasquez is the, is the jockey. And his... Um, one of his last race that he won was the Santa Anita Derby, and the next race will likely be uh, the um, Kentucky Derby for him. That's what we're looking at there with him. So uh, he, he's he's looking real good, you know, for it. And all these horses that uh, we're going to talk about here real quick a few more to see exactly, you know, where they're at, what they're doing, and how they're doing it. Uh, the three, uh, three horse is Angel of Empire. He's got 150 points. Trained by Brad Cox, who has Saez as the jockey. Um, his, uh, he last won the Arkansas Derby. Next race, Kentucky Derby. Tapa Trice, a Todd Pletcher trained horse again. Luis Saez is the jockey. Um, his last race, he won the Bluegrass on uh, April the 8th. Uh, next race, the Kentucky Derby. And then we have uh, Lord Miles. Uh, that um, he, He's at number six. Um, last race won the Wood Memorial, next race the Derby. We had a horse called Two Fills. Uh, he, he's a good horse. Um, he won the Jeff Ruby Stakes up at, uh, Turfway Park. Um, he, he's gonna, he's gonna start in the Derby, but he, he wasn't a real strong contender in that Jeff Ruby Stakes. Uh, then we have, uh, the Japanese horse, uh, Derma Sakato. Uh, he got 100 points. Uh, he won the UAE Derby next race, uh, the uh, Churchill Downs, uh, the Kentucky Derby. And then our final horse that we're going to talk about was another Todd, Todd Pletcher horse. His name's Kingsborn, got 100 points. He won the Grade 2 Louisiana Derby at the fairgrounds. His next race is the Kentucky Derby. So, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at some pretty good horses there. Uh, you know, we had a, had a lot to talk about today. But remember, folks, it's always good to to uh, get all the information you can before you do anything. You know, if you're going to, you know, cook a turkey, then you get all the information, you study it over, and then you, it's hit and miss, and, and you do all that leading up to the Thanksgiving dinner, and hopefully it works out for you. But, um, you know, just stay in touch with us. Uh, give us a holler at uh, IENTV dot org uh five six one four six six one two seven two or ien equine tv at uh, gmail.com give us a holler so uh stay tuned next week you're gonna get some good interviews next week some live interviews uh people that were involved in the uh, global champions tour in miami and people that were involved in the last three uh kentucky derby prep races so look forward to hearing from you next week at 2 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in.